Welcome along to Extra Time here on LCFC Radio and LCFC TV after Leicester City's 1-0 defeat to Manchester City at the weekend. Uh, I'm Dan Bates. Over the course of the next 45 minutes to an hour or so, uh, I'll be joined by Matt Elliott and Ewan Roberts to look back at that game on Saturday, look ahead to the game with Napoli, maybe talk a little bit about new man Adam Mola Luckman. And of course, those two will go head to head in our football Jenga quiz at the end of the show. Um, right, without further ado, let's say hello to the two guests. And Ewan, we'll start with you because We've not had you on any shows yet this season, so it's good to see you. How are you? I'm good, Dan. Thanks. I'm good, Dan. Uh, good to be back. Good to be on the show, as you say, the first time. Uh, been busy. Had a busy summer with uh, with the BBC, with uh, the Euros. As I was telling you earlier, I could have done with another a week or so out there, to be fair, in, in, in Baku. But um, no, back to work now, mate. Back to work. Back in the car. Back on the motorways. Were you pleased with how Wales did? Did they go as far as what uh, you thought they would have done? I, I looked. I looked at the group, and if you looked at Turkey's form going into into the Euros, it was it was fantastic. You know, they've taken four points off France in in qualifying. Switzerland are always a hard team to, to play against. They're physical. Uh, they're very well organised. They, they've got some match winners on their day. And you know, Italy were the favourites. They had three their three group games in in Rome. So I thought if we could get out of the group. I think it would be a success for us. But when you've got out of this group, you finish second, you get a bit greedy, Dan, don't you? And you want to go that bit further. And I underestimated Denmark, I had to say. And on the day, I thought they were outstanding. They really, really, they, they gave us a lesson, scored four goals, could have had a few more. Um, and as, as I was saying to you, the only bonus for me was flying back from Amsterdam to Norwich. It only takes 35 minutes. So as I was back home within an hour. Yeah, that was a touch for you, that was, wasn't it? It, it seems like a, a while ago, doesn't it, the Euros, Matt? Obviously, now we've been well and truly back into the, the Premier League swing of things. Yeah, it does, although it comes around pretty quick and fast, doesn't it? Uh, you know, the end of the season, then the build-up preparation for the Euros, and then the aftermath. And before you know it, people are back in for pre-season and uh, the games are rolling. Then there's another international break, uh, condensed fixtures within that that window and and now it's back to business in the Premier League it's non-stop but that's the nature of the game these days uh, professional football at the top end and that's where Leicester City are operating and they've got become accustomed to it like everyone else but uh, Europa League coming up and you know there's no time to sort of rest on your laurels or feel sorry for yourself as it is this week you know they might be slightly frustrated they didn't get the result against Man City although obviously we'll talk about that in a minute but it's non-stop um, you know, it's it's all action, and the big squads are there being developed by the clubs. Leicester City, no different to any other, um, in progressing in that department. And there's a big test from coming up over the next few months. Literally, I think you know, barring the international breaks again, it's two games a week pretty much for the foreseeable future. And um, it's a big period for the club, and you know, players will be uh, tested to the full. Uh, as with the strength of the squad. But at the same time, it's exciting, isn't it? Look forward to it. And you know, plenty to embrace and plenty to be uh, looking forward to, yeah. Before we fully start to analyse the game on, on Saturday, Matt, before kickoff, I asked you kind of, can you rate Leicester's season so far? Obviously, those three games, winning two, losing one, in, in a disappointing fashion at West Ham. Now that we've had sort of four games, it's two wins, two defeats. How would you sum up the start, do you think? 
Yeah, but it's still very early, of course, and your assessment or your view can change from game to game. I mean, we, uh, we spoke before uh, the game at the weekend against Man City in saying it's a more than steady start, six points out of nine. Uh, okay, disappointing against West Ham, and there's a few areas to sort of have a look at. But if, and it proved to be a very big if, if they were to get three points against Man City, nine out of 12, with the opposition that they've had in those first four games, you think, excellent. Uh, if you come unstuck like they did, albeit a reasonably well-contested game, um, you, you look at it and you think, right, okay. You know, one, two, lost two. Um, it makes that next game even more important, doesn't it, in the league? Uh, but you can't afford, it's just the nature of the way things are, you know, reverting back to my previous point, you can't even refocus and look at Brighton yet. You know, then that's going to be a big challenge in itself. But they, they've got the Napoli to come, you know, to, to think about coming over here to the King Power. Well, deal with them first and foremost and then switch your focus after that, regardless of what the result is. But um, it's like any game, but I suppose... And as always said, it? just you go there to get the best out of that individual game and see where it takes you. Can't plan too far ahead. But all of a sudden, sort of lurking in the background, no real pressure, but there's an extra emphasis about the trip away at the weekend, isn't there? You know, to pick up something from that. Because all of a sudden, if that goes awry, two out of five wins is, uh, is not up to the standards required or expected at Leicester City these days. So it's constant pressure, isn't it? Constant pressure, but something that Brendan Rodgers will be trying to ensure that his players become accustomed to dealing with. And I think they have done over the last few years and I'm sure they'll continue, continue to do so. Yeah, I think when, when we talk about the start of the season, you and obviously we're focused on, on the Premier League and obviously that's, that's how I phrase the question to Matt, but then you remember as well there was the Community Shield victory as well. So you add into that, it, it has overall been a good start to the season and I think the performance against Manchester City, yes, they didn't managed to pick up a point in it or, or even all three points but they certainly pushed Man City all the way and, and had the chances towards the end to get a point. And, and looking back at, at the highlights Dan, maybe can, Leicester can count themselves slightly unlucky that they didn't get anything from, from, from the game. Had some good chances but going back to, to the, start of the start of the season, silverware right at the beginning in, in the, the charity shield as, as, I, uh, as I call it. A good, solid 1-0 win at home to Wolves, clean sheet. And it's the next game that hurts, that West Ham game in the London Stadium, live on TV. That's as poor a performance as I can remember seeing for a long time off, off, the, off a Leicester City team. And not when they went down to, 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 to 10 men. Even when they had 11, they were sloppy with the ball and, and got what they deserved that night. But bounced back against against Norwich and maybe some Leicester fans will be thinking oh we should be going to Norwich and, and, and beating them there um, well you know two years ago Norwich took four points off Leicester in Norwich's last season in the Premier League so it's, there's no there's no gimmies these days um, if and I, I was looking at the start of the season last season after five games you Leicester had nine points now if you can go to Brighton win there which won't be easy because they've they've made a good start to the season with three wins um, out of out of out of four, you know they're, they're 
fourth or fifth in, in, in the division. So they've had a good, good start. But if you can get a, go down there, get three points, then after five games, you, you'll have exactly the same amount of points as you did last season. The only thing that you're not doing, you're not scoring as many goals as what, as what you did last season. I think in, in the opening four games, it was a ridiculous 12 goals had been scored for, for Leicester City. Uh, hasn't quite happened for, for the club in front of goal. And I think that, if you look back at the chances that were missed on Saturday, um, that hurt the club uh, against Man City. Yeah, I think it's a good point, Matt, isn't it, that, that Ewan makes there about the chances. I think none of them necessarily clear-cut, as in you think that the player had to score, but there were some decent chances. There was the Harvey Barnes effort at the back post where he slid in with Kyle Walker. Yeah. That was actually, on reflection, a very, very good save. The header from Harvey Barnes was a chance, I think the Luckman chance at the end, maybe the best of the three. Yeah, that's right. In, you know, isolated... Incident, Leicester, like you say, if you refer to the highlight reel, such decent opportunities and probably the more clear cut um, in how they were created, etc. But it, that didn't give a true reflection of the, of the game, I don't feel. If you see the brief highlights, Man City, particularly in the first half, those sort of concerted possession and pressure. And there were numerous times when Leicester making last ditch. Challenges, yeah, or Michael's making save after save, all saves which you'd expect him to make, by the way. But um, it was scrambled defensive play, <laughs> uh, to say the least. And I thought Man City were a little bit wasteful. Jesus should have scored when Michael saved the header at the far post. Um, but you know, but that, but that's all part of the game. You know, Leicester, Leicester are forced to play a game that sort of goes against their nature, really. But that's. That's what happens when you play someone of the quality of Man City. You know, the, the people were sitting deep, you know, a little bit tentative to go forward too often. They didn't want to expose themselves. So they knew it was a matter of sort of containing for the majority of the game and trying to strike when those moments appeared. And they threatened that throughout the game, really. Um, I think in the period in the second half, they sort of lost their way a bit. The flow of the game did in general. I think Man City were overly impressive in the second half, but they just didn't allow Leicester to sort of get into any rhythm. And it was all a little bit bitty. And they close you down so quickly. When you win possession off them, you think, right, here we go. And you look around and it has to be played automatically because you don't have time to look and think, really. You have to know before. And some players struggle with that a little bit. I think they got caught out playing the ball. Um, in the midfield area. And I, again, I thought Man City were wasteful of many opportunities in good areas. Schmeichel wasn't worked too much in the second half. And if you look at it, um, Leicester had some very, very good opportunities, didn't they? I mean, the Jamie Vardy was, we're talking yeah. centimetres, aren't we there? Yeah. Um, I, I thought at the time he was onside, naked eye. You know, just get a feel for it. I, I thought he was going to be okay. Um, proved not to be the case, obviously. Barnes, yeah, I thought initially that Edison got a touch. Is that right, Dan? Yeah, he got a little nick on onto the bar. Not, um, not the header one, no, but the the one where he he clashed with Walker. Oh, the one in the first half. Sorry, yeah, yeah, he did do well. He was brave and committed, as were all three of them, Walker and Barnes. There, that could have literally gone anywhere. That was a scintillating move, wasn't it? Down the right hand side. Oh, brilliant um, move! Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, yeah. that was you know Leicester 
at their best. Um, it didn't happen often enough for me. The header with Barnes, some people say, oh, he wasn't too far out unmarked. And it was hard because he was coming with such pace and the ball was whipped in. He tried to control it. Difficult one, but um, just couldn't quite get enough on it. Because he looked, well, as you say, Ian Acho came on. He was a revelation when he came on. I mean, he, he set up Lookman, didn't he? Again, the keeper came out exceptionally well, I have to say. I thought some people might say Lookman should have scored. For me, he could have scored, but I thought it was wonderful goalkeeping. Just pounced out and pressurised him. But, uh, yeah, there were, there were little moments of encouragement. Uh, you know, they can hold their hand up high, Leicester, against Man City. They don't think Man City were at their absolute best, but they were still pretty impressive. Showed what they're all about. And, uh, yeah, there's some encouraging signs there. Although I think overall, it did show that there's still a little bit of a gap between them and Man City. But that's no disgrace, by the way. And Leicester pulled some great results over recent seasons against them. And, uh, yeah, well, maybe mentioning Ian Acho again then. You know, is he in contention for a starting place on Thursday night? He's got to be considered at the very least. Yeah, we'll, we'll look ahead to that game on Thursday. Maybe who might come in a little <coughs> bit later on in extra time. Let's just go back to that that headed chance, Ewan, for, for Harvey Barnes at the back post. As, as Matt was referencing there, a very difficult chance. You scored a, a lot of headers, of course, in your career. In that position, was it, it must be difficult, as Matt says. Harvey was coming at such pace. The ball came at pace. Do you almost have to let the ball hit you, or do you still attack it? What, what do you do in that position? I think when the cross... The cross in is as good as what it was. And, and I tell you what, there's no better crosses of a ball than centre forwards because a forward will, will deliver you a ball that he wants to be delivered to his forehead so he can score. It was a great ball in. You know, I thought the height on it was perfect. I mean, the pace is already on the ball, so you don't really have to generate too much pace, but you have to go and meet it. And I do think that, from what I've seen, Harvey just sort of let the ball sort of come to his forehead as if he's cushioned it, trying to loop it over the keeper to, to his left-hand side. I just don't think he, he had the contact or he made the contact that he was looking to, to make. Looking at the chance, Dan, I think he should have scored. I know, he's not, I know it's not his, his strength, but when you're playing Man City, the chances that you're going to make, because they're going to have so much possession, they, they are going to be few and far between. And I think that type of type of chance had to be taken. And, and sadly, and he's been out for such a long time as, as, as young Harvey with that really bad injury. And it does take time. He's, he's, he's still playing catch-up. And I think maybe it is your sharpness in front of goal. That's the last thing that, that you get back from, from the time that you've been out. He'll be disappointed. He'll be disappointed. Uh, Going back to the the, the the first chance he had in the first half, the move down that right-hand side was absolutely magnificent. Some of that one-touch play and the ball down to, to Jamie Vardy down the right-hand side, who once again delivered a great ball in, as you said, great defending by Kyle Walker. If Kyle Walker doesn't get back, then Harvey puts it puts Leicester City 1-0 up. But I do think, looking back at that headed opportunity, for me, I think he, he's got to hit the target. And I know it's hit the top of the bar, but for me, he's, he's, he's got to be working the goalkeeper or putting the ball in the back of the net. I know traditionally Leicester have been called a, a counter-attacking team, haven't they, Matt? But they're, they're not that anymore. And I think that's what you were saying, that it, it doesn't suit Leicester almost play Man City because Man City are so good at keeping the ball and then getting the ball off you. But to beat them, I think, 
whoever you are, you do have to play well on the counter. And, and that is what Leicester did. They did create these fantastic chances, quickly breaking at Man City. I think the Jamie Vardy offside one, as you've referenced, was a, another perfect example of that. Yeah, I mean, when I say it goes against their natural game, I think you're right to, to mention Leicester have developed and you know evolved a bit under Brendan Rodgers in as much as you know, they've got different ways that they can play games. They can go and press at times, which they do. You know, you go and squeeze the opposition. Sometimes they'd sit back um, as they were forced to do at times, but that was their intention as well from the outset, pretty much, you know, soak up things, have a, assess the situation. But they can also control the game in terms of keeping possession themselves and dictate the pace of the game, you know, pick and choose when to strike, when those opportunities come along, they can be patient in possession. So, you know, I, I think that's definitely something that has, that has progressed over, over recent seasons, predominantly under Brendan Rodgers. Uh, some people refer back to the Claude Paul Puel era, you know, where it was more possession-based, but that was, that was a style that probably went too much the other way. It didn't, didn't really work out. But like most things in life, you know, you need an element of balance and Brendan Rodgers has brought that. And, you know, Leicester are more complete because of it, I think. And, uh, you know, I, I think that's sort of endorsed by when people look at the team now and certainly the squad, some people you know, think that this team is better, myself included, as an all-round football team than the team mm. that won the Premier League. Um, I think... You know, that was a time and a place there and everything fitted together. I don't think it would have lasted for too long playing just that way. You have to have a little bit of versatility about them. And I think this, this side has got that. They've shown that. They you know, can roll their sleeves up. They can play good football um, in different styles as well. And, you know, the, uh, Brendan Rodgers is heavily emphasised on the coaching aspect of the game, isn't he? And, you know, doing it for a reason, not just for his own purpose, his own ego. He does it because it brings effectivity to, to the football team. And I think you see that. Uh, at the weekend, I, I don't think they're embarrassed, you know, to play against teams like Man City and sit back um, and not go toe-to-toe. Because I don't think it was really the time and place for that. Let's have shown what they can do. The Etihad last season, you know, OK, a different system, but a similar approach. Um, it's whether on the day you can execute things as well as, as you you wish to, and I don't think they could on Saturday. They're not probably playing at that level that they were at the Etihad when they got the 5-2 uh, right now. It's, it's, it's so funny how football can go, isn't it? Because I've used to mention the Community Shield, and I thought that was excellent performance. Then in pre-season prior to that, you know, I thought they looked good up until the Fafana incident. And then you know, a professional performance against Wolves. But since then, it's stumbled a little bit. And they're still finding their feet at such. And when you do that against Man City, it's, uh, it can be a big problem, as it proved at the weekend. But it was... Uh, but, yeah, I've got no fears for Leicester going forward, etc. And this big flurry of games that's coming up, um, rather than being, you know, a test that's going to be a step too far, I think, you know, it could be the real making of the club because all the players are going to be involved in exciting times ahead. Yeah, that's a good point. I was going to say, you and it kind of maybe will help Leicester a little bit, having 
all of these games in such a short period of time. I think it's another six in well under a month until the next international break. So going back to what you're saying about Harvey Barnes regaining that fitness, there's a number of players still regaining fitness. We saw Johnny Evans come off the bench. Yeah. So having these games actually in a short period of time, as Matt's saying, could actually be beneficial for the Foxes. Oh, absolutely. You know, the, the, I look at the, the strength and depth in, in this Leicester squad now, and it, it's as good as any squad, I think, that the club has seen over over the past few years, especially in in since they've been in in the Premier League, um, you know I think Brendan was very very astute in in his transfer dealings in in the summer with the players that that he bought in. You know you, you can see a few of the the lads who haven't spent too much time. Which I think it is a hard one on on Thursday against Napoli because they're they're such a good side. You know is there going to be wholesale changes I don't know um, as you said it's great to see Johnny Evans back because he's he's invaluable to, to this team to this defence you know he's, he's, he's the leader he's, he's the second captain if you like behind Jasper Schmeichel um, so it was Vice great captain. for him to, Vice, Vice captain, captain. <laughs> um, sorry mate yeah <laughs> it was great to see him get what 30 minutes under his belt um, you know you'd hope that he would start on Thursday and come through that okay um but yeah, it's got you know Brendan's got some very very good options and and he's going to need them because as you say you know this one on Thursday then Brighton away on Sunday you know, the Carabao Cup next Wednesday where the club travel to to Millwall Burnley at home in in the Premier League the following weekend and, and then Palace so if you look at those those games especially those three Premier League games and you know I mentioned Brighton before that yeah they've they've made a good start they've beaten Burnley Watford and Brentford so. Okay, they've not really played anybody of, of no. The only team of note they've played up to now is Everton, and and, and they lost. So I, I look at those three, especially those three Premier League fixtures, and I think there's a real good opportunity for Leicester to get some decent points on the board. Yeah, last couple of words then on on the game uh, on Saturday itself. The goal, you and uh, was was disappointing because of how unfortunate it was. Yeah, from a, a Leicester point of view, it, it wasn't a. A typical scintillating Man City move was it? No. it was a shot at the edge of the box that's very kindly fallen to Bernardo Silva. I, th- I thought Castagna dealt with Grealish really well. You know, didn't dive in, didn't get stepped into to, to, to making a rash challenge, forced him to to play the ball away from the goal, and it is unfortunate. So many blue shirts as as they did in in that game against Man City, getting themselves back into their defensive shape. Plenty of blue shirts in that Leicester City penalty box, and it's a cool goal in the end, Dan. You know, I don't care what anybody is. You know, since he's been brave, he's thrown himself in front of the shot, and that ball can deflect anywhere. But unfortunate for Leicester, fortunately for for Man City, it's gone straight to Bernardo Silva from four yards. You know, he wasn't going to miss. So it's looking back at the goal, it was it was very very unfortunate. I think it was very unlucky. But you know, Man City, and, and, and that's the thing when. If you look at the statistics, I mean, they had 25 efforts. I think, I think they had eight on, on, on goal. If you give a team like Man City that amount of, of shots on goal, you know, something is going to give with 25 shots on, on, to, on goal. Yeah, I think that you mentioned the, the players that Leicester had back there, Matt, and or you mentioned it rather, and, and Yannick Vestergaard, I think, was was one of them in particular. I know he came off after 60 minutes, but he was he got unanimous sort of man of the match vote, didn't he, from us on Match Day Live yeah. on LCFC TV 
um, on Saturday. He was brilliant, and, and you could quite easily see him becoming a bit of a fan favourite from, from the, the style of defender that he is. Yeah, he's a, well, he's a very distinctive figure, isn't he? And uh, very imposing. I mean, he's a giant of a man. I mean, I, me and you are not small, but I, I've been up near him on pitch side, and he's huge, and big features, and big, strong, physical, imposing um, player, really, and, you know, quite intimidating from a physical point of view. And he uses his physical attributes, but that he's not solely reliant on that. He can play. Um, very experienced, picks up good positions, reads the game well, yeah, and very astute, astute recruitment there, yet again, from Leicester's point of view, and relatively good value, to say the least, as well, regarding his contract situation. But, yeah, I think he'll be literally a big figure for Leicester City. Gives them more options across that back, more experience. And he'll be... Uh, He'll be delighted with his input. He'd be probably slightly frustrated that he got hooked off after an hour. It must have been prearranged, you would imagine, um, from a you know, sort of recovery point of view for both himself and, you know, Johnny, Johnny Evans, mm -hmm. 30 minutes under his belt. And that will serve him well down the line as you go forward. And Leicester probably reap the benefits uh, further into the campaign. Although few people were less sort of scratching their heads and asking why that would happen. You know, a few people after the game saying to me, would, would that happen back in your day? How would you feel if you're playing well against Man City and the, you know, the, the stirring occasion that it is and then all of a sudden wind out yourselves, off you come. And then, as luck would have it or not, as the case may be, Leicester go and concede uh, a couple of minutes after him coming off the pitch. Now, nothing directly um, as a result of Johnny Evans' poor play, etc. But I don't know. So yes, there's an argument for and against there. I think in the long run, they're still looking at the big picture, aren't they? But he was, yes. How, how often does a centre-half, one, get man of the match? Okay, happens a few times. Even that to me occasionally, Bates. See, back in the day. Uh, but it's certainly, it certainly didn't happen when I only played for an hour out of 90 minutes, that's for sure. Um, so that you know, there's a uh, there's evidence of how well he played. But yeah, he, he was a huge presence. And uh, probably on Saturday, the thing I liked about him more than anything, so he's got different facets to his game, was picking the right time. Sometimes when to go tight, when to make that challenge. It was important. Other times, now I'll hold my ground because if we get bypassed here, I'll open up space and we're going to get killed off. And he knew when to stop, when to stay and when to go, and when to make that big challenge, and you know, body on the line, and when to just to stand up and be experienced and patient and uh, make some big clearances. Yeah, he looks, you know, every bit a top-class centre-half, which uh, he's proven he is over the last few years. Yeah, there was the first start then for Vestergaard, a Premier League debut for Ryan Bertrand Ewan at, at the weekend, and also the first chance the Leicester fans got to see of, uh, of Adam Ola-Luckman. Uh, he had that that chance didn't he after great play for Mark O'Brien and Kletchi and Acho. But actually he, he showed a lot of good touches, Adamo Luckman, in his fifteen minutes or so that yeah. on the pitch. He, he had a little cameo role, didn't he? Um, I was very impressed with what he did at Fulham on loan last season. You know, Fulham had gone before he got there in in all fairness. You know, and, and, and he was there one bright spark, if you like, in a in a very poor season. 
Um, scored some important goals for them. He's still very, very young, but he's only 23. Um, and and he's he's had a lot of lot thrown at him in in this year at this young age. Started off at Charlton, you know, really well there. Earned his move to Everton. Didn't quite happen for him at Everton, and you can understand that. You know, young boy, the squad that was at Goodison Park at the time, it was always going to be difficult for 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 him to, to, to break into the team. He's probably one maybe for the future, not quite right now up at Everton. And I thought he took a really brave, bold move to go abroad. I think he might have looked at what Jaden Sancho uh, has achieved at Borussia Dortmund and thought, well, you know, I'll, I'll give it a go. I'll go to RB Leipzig. Um, and I think he's done quite well there. You know, it's not easy when you move club at a young age, especially when you go to abroad, you know, different language, different culture, you know, Walking into a, a new dressing room at a young age can't have been easy. And I thought it was a really brave move that, that he did. But as I say, he impressed me at Fulham. He really, really did. Um, and his little cameo role the other day, he's, he's got bags of pace, loads of energy, direct, can nick you a goal. I thought he was very unlucky with the, 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 the chance that, that he had. I think the goalkeeper, his starting position was, was excellent. Otherwise, I think Luckman goes through and, and score. And it's just another very good signing to an already impressive squad, Dan. Yeah, absolutely. Looked at an exciting a little cameo, as, as you had said there. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what happens, Matt, won't it, on Thursday um, with that game with Napoli. Obviously, probably one of the hardest fixtures they could possibly have had, really, in the whole of the Europa League in general, but certainly uh, in this group to start with, having, having Napoli at home, obviously Napoli away would have been a little bit more difficult, but still Napoli being such a good team, that first game at home. Yeah, but that's what it's all about, European competition and European involvement, isn't it? You, you want to play the big guns. Okay, some people look at it and think maybe ease our way into the competition against lesser opposition. There's a case for that, but unless the, you know, celebrating being back involved in Europe again, okay, it's not the Champions League and Perhaps the glitz and glamour that that provides isn't there as much in the Europa League, but it's not far off, is it, with the likes of Napoli? We know their their history in, in European football, uh, past and uh, quite recent. So, yeah, it's a high-profile fixture within the competition, earlier than a lot of people would, would have expected. But within the group stage, you're always going to have you know, one relatively well-known team. Um, and you know, the two other fixtures bring their own challenges as well, don't they? And wonderful experience for for everyone who's involved in it, really. Even ourselves on the media front, but obviously the players will be venturing into the unknown to a degree, certainly for some of them, the vast majority, and the supporters as well, if the opportunity is there. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's wonderful stuff, isn't it? This is what people are... Are hoping and expecting the club can achieve, and they're producing the goods, aren't they? And people getting these chances to experience such nights. Uh, I hope, I hope the atmosphere is as you would expect or or wish, because it can be somewhat sometimes quite difficult. Really, you know, sort of people are feeling their way into the season. A bit of stop start with the international fixture, and then a big, big game against Man City. Atmosphere was excellent. People were charged up at the weekend, both home and away supporters. I'm sure the away supporters tonight, uh, sorry, on Thursday, will be lively enough, um, mm-hmm. making their way forward. 
don't know what sort of numbers there will be. You can imagine quite a few. But um, sometimes they have such a big game on the Saturday. Okay, it's a three, four day break, isn't it? On to the Thursday. Um, you know, they can recharge themselves as supporters because you don't want to sort of just be easing your way into that game and have a sort of a quite a relaxed atmosphere at a game because the players will need the fans riled up and behind them and giving them their all to get them going because of the quality that Napoli have. Uh, it's not, not a game that supporters or players can just sort of cruise their way into. So to keep generating that atmosphere is what I'm trying to say. It needs to occur week in, week out. Um, that's going to be a bit of a challenge. Sometimes the players are going to have to spark the supporters off and sometimes vice versa over this coming period because there's going to be a lot of games in quick succession and it's hard to get yourself up to you know, full energy game after game after game. And, but the players have to do it with the support of the fans because providing that high-level performance consistently is key to being successful. Yeah, as, as Matt's saying, you, you suspect the crowd will be right up for it on Thursday for a game against a team like Napoli. Dan, when I, when I saw um, the draw and I looked at the group and I saw Napoli, it's like, bloody hell, it's going to be some, some two games against Napoli. I mean, they're a massive club. They are a giant of, of European football. Um, it's a mouth-watering tie. You can see the winner of, of, of that group between Napoli and, and, and Leicester. And looking back at the, the European Europa League campaign last season, Leicester were magnificent at home until they met Slavia Prague and had a bit of an off night. But I think they won all three home group games quite comfortably, scoring plenty of goals. I'm not sure if, if it's going to be as easy and as comfortable this time round in, in this group. Uh, you know, Napoli have had a, a very good start to to their new season. You know, they won their opening three games. They they had a great win in, it's not called the San Paolo anymore, is it? Is it the Diego Armando Maradona Stadium? I think it's changed his name, but I'll still call it the San Paolo. Um, they came back from a goal down to beat Juventus on uh, on, on Saturday with an eight, 85th minute goal. So they, they won their, their first three games. You know, they were, I think they were third top scorers in Serie A last season. They had the third best defensive record so they're good at both. I mean, they've got a really charismatic coach in Luciano Spalletti, who's like a jack-in-the-box in his technical area. So he'll be very entertaining to watch. I mean, it's just got the, the makings of a, it's, of a magnificent game and a magnificent night at the King Power. And if I was a Leicester City fan, I, you know, I couldn't wait for, for Thursday night to come because it's, it's going to be a, a magnificent occasion. Yeah, we spoke just off air, didn't we, before we started, Matt, about some of the individuals that, that Napoli have got. And it is exciting to be able to see them, obviously, on Thursday. I'm sure the Leicester fans are looking forward to seeing them. On, on one hand, obviously, they don't want them to perform well, but still, they're such a good team, they're such a good side, that a side that you normally expect to see in the Champions League. Yeah, that's right. Ordinarily, that, that's where they're competing. That's the level of opponent we're talking about. But, yeah, Leicester, listen, as all, all the extra sort of glamour and the profile doesn't it you know European competition uh, an Italian side and you know and, and the history of the club etc but at the end of the day Leicester are used to competing with teams of that stature in their own league 
you know, week in, week out, uh, pretty much, unless the farewell, you know, against um, top teams in the Premier League is considered the strongest league in the world, basically. Um, so you shouldn't have any real fear factor. Respect, obviously, but no fear factor going up against the likes of Napoli or even you know, the other top teams in the foreign leagues. But, but uh, yeah, what, what an occasion. You know, as you mentioned there, I mean, I, I was saying about the fans will play a big role and I'm sure they will be pumped up for it because mm. it's just a little bit with the with the defeat against Man City. It just sort of not takes the wind out of your sails, but it just jolts you a little bit, you know, as a supporter even. And um, you have to sort of regather your thoughts and, and have a day off or two, and you know the frustration kicks in. Not just the players, sort of thing, and then supporters, then they recharge themselves, don't they? they go right, come on, then. enough about that. How do we move on forward? And then. They'll give their all uh, to, to create a wonderful atmosphere. But, you know, which is pretty much standard, I suppose, for Napoli. They're, they're used to exciting, bubbling, hostile atmosphere as well. So probably won't have too much effect on them as players, as an away team. But they're not going to be overly intimidated, you wouldn't imagine. But as much, but much as anything, the supporters will give the home team, give, give the Leicester boys, you know, a huge buzz and a lift. We hear people talking about, you know, Wes Morgan and Albright and Vardy and Smichael. We've heard them talking about, you know, what, what a highlight of their careers it was playing in the Champions League and the buzz that they got off it. And the players can react in the same way on Thursday night in the Europa League and then see where it takes them. Yeah, I was going to ask that final point really, Ewan, is that obviously they, they had the Champions League campaign a, a number of seasons ago. The squad's on the whole different pretty much to, to what it was, as, as Matt's reference there. There are still a couple of players that were there. So it's more last season's Europa League that this group can kind of take lessons from and learn from and, and take the experience they had last season into this season again and, and hopefully, hopefully go further than what they did last season. I, th- I think that will be the aim. You know, it's four competitions. Um, and, and as we know, Brendan, he'll be itching to do well in, in all four Premier League is... is Priority, it's your bread and butter. Um, FA Cup holders, so Leicester will want to defend that and give it a proper good go in 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 retaining the cup and having another successful FA Cup run this season. Europa League had some great nights last season in 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 this competition. As I said, scored plenty of goals. You look at that tie against Slavia Prague and. Maybe they, they thought they'd done enough in that in that away leg coming away. Was it a nil-nil draw on 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 the night coming away from from Prague? And thought probably they'd done enough. But all credit to Prague. I mean, it's it's not it's not the competition that we wanted Leicester to be in. Let, let's be honest. You know, we were desperate for the club to have another crack crack at the at the Champions League. But it is what it is. You know, it, there's some top top teams in in this competition it's a, and it is it's a, it's a tough group there's a lot of travelling but you know, mouth watering games and the fans having missed out on the opportunity to support the club last season in this competition i, I think they'll be as i say it's it, some mouth watering games for for the Leicester City fans to enjoy and as you say Dan they've got some they've got some good players i mean they've got two players who who started at Wembley for Italy Against against England in the in the you know European Championship final, De Lorenzo, the, the right back, who's a very very good player, loves getting forward. 
and Insignia, the, the forward who will always, always get you a goal. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be very, very exciting on Thursday. Of course, you can follow all the action uh, with us on Match Day Live on LCFC TV. So do make sure you tune in on Thursday evening. Um, let's do a quick word, Matt, on some of the other Premier League games that took place at the weekend. I think the big headline is really at one place and one place only, isn't it? And that was at Old Trafford and, and the return of Ronaldo. Well, he's, he's irrepressible, isn't he, the man? Um, I think I'm right in saying it, it, it was the first goal score of the weekend, wasn't it? And the three o'clock yeah. kickoff, anyway. After about 47 minutes as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No real surprise. Everyone was just, you know, just uh, <laughs> taking it in and thinking, yeah, okay, that, that was bound to happen. You could hear it in the media media section that we were in. But uh, then to go and double it up as well. <laughs> Newcastle had the temerity to make to score an equaliser. They're, no one's stealing his thunder, are they? And uh, yeah, it's going to be a great watch, isn't it? You know, whatever you think of Ronaldo, he's an absorbing and an interesting personality, isn't he? And uh, people uh, will be transfixed watching his next move, never mind his next game or his next goal. But uh, yeah, yeah, it seemed inevitable, didn't it? And oh, what, a, what a powerhouse they team they look on paper, by the way. Perhaps, maybe not depth um, throughout the squad, although anyone who's a Man United player is, up, is not half bad. But um, their starting lineup at the weekend, wasn't it? Oof. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Fighting the life out of some teams, that will. Um, the game will be over before they've actually blown the whistle. I imagine when they look at that, the players will be petrified going up to Old Trafford like it was in the old days. We'll have to see whether they've got the actual level the consistency to grind it out all season. But, yeah, there's, there's some mighty fine sides in the, in the Premier League this year. Probably probably the, the highest quality there's probably ever been and the biggest challenge that Leicester City will, will face this year because of the expectancy or hope that Leicester can break into the top four is more difficult than ever before this season. Yeah, I can imagine, obviously, well, pretty much every fan listening or watching this will be a Leicester fan. There won't be many neutrals, Ewan, but from a neutral's point of view, this Premier League season, particularly the title race, is going to be an incredibly interesting watch. It is, it is. You know, Liverpool went to Leeds yesterday afternoon and, and came away with, with a, an impressive 3-0 win. You know, you look what? Man City have added, OK, only brought in one player, but, you know, a very, very good player and, and spent a lot of money on bringing Jack Grealish to, uh, to the Etihad. I'm impressed with Chelsea, I have to say. I think, I think defensively, under Thomas Tuchel, they, they were outstanding. Now, don't concede many goals, solid defensively. The only thing that they lacked was an out-and-out -out goal scorer last season, where they've, they've solved that problem now. And Lukaku, with another couple of goals, I think they were his first goals at... Stamford Bridge in his in his career on 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 Saturday. So I tell you what, whoever whoever for me, whoever finishes above Chelsea, I think for me are going to win the Premier League. It's an interesting statement. Yeah, it's going to be uh, certainly an interesting watch. I think this season in the Premier League. So we'll keep a close eye as ever on that throughout extra time. Hopefully, Leicester will be Come on, you're dying to talk about Liverpool. Come on, and their chances. No, no, no. You and touched on that. We're fine. We can move on. We can move on. And you know what? I'm happy to move on because we're going to do our football Jenga. 
uh, now, which is where you two go head to head. And I know for a fact oh. that you're going to lose. I'm, I'm fairly certain you're going to lose anyway, Matt. So, this oh, is, yeah. yeah, this is why I'm looking forward to He's it. good at this. Fate seems good at then, this. Matt. To Prove be fair, Fate, that makes two of us. <laughs> Uh, okay, so this week's topic is in football, Jenga. Basically, for those of you new to uh, Extra Time, you and obviously you're one of those, um, I'll give a topic. Uh, it could either be a game, you've got to give me the players, it could be something like that, you'll find out in a minute. And you've each got to take it in turns to give me an answer um, that fits in that topic. If you get it wrong, you lose, basically, and, and the other person wins. So, with the international break having just taken place, I thought we'd head back to the Euros. And I want you guys to take it in turns to name the teams that took part in Euro 2020. He was working on it, Ewan. Hey, Studying it all. Right. Oh, okay. Um, Ewan, because it is your first time with us uh, this season on Extra Time, you can go first for me, please. Gotta go Italy. England. Poland. Belgium. Germany. Portugal. France. Scotland. Switzerland. Czechoslovakia. Oh, good shout. Well, Czech Republic, yeah. Czech Republic, sorry. I'm going to go Russia. Come on. Where am I going? <laughs> Sweden. Oh, good show. I'm going to go... Have I... Have I said... I'm not, it's not my guess. Have I said Ukraine? Uh, yeah. No, no I'm, it's not. Yeah. I'll say Ukraine then. How many teams were in it? 24 teams four, were in it. Yeah. And there are yeah. one, two, three, Three qualified from four groups, didn't they? Uh, yeah. You've got 11 teams to name. Between. Oh, that's four. I should be getting this easy. Come on. Oh, making a meal out of this, making a meal out of this. I just don't think European countries would do. Did you say? Did you say Finland? Oh, pulled that one out in the air. I'm going Finland, it might not be right. Correct. Yeah. I'm gonna go the good old Welsh. Oh, I've not mentioned believe. Welsh yet. I can't believe that has taken that long. <laughs> I, I was keeping it, mate. See, I was keeping it. <laughs> that's good. That's encouraging for me because that means he's struggling if he's chucking Wales in there. <laughs> right, come on, Matthew. Can't be that hard. Hungary. Oh. Portugal. Oh, We've had it. We've Have had we? It. Shut yeah. up. Matt, in there. Matt said Portugal already. No, I was going to say, have we had Portugal? Because I've got Denmark. Have we had Denmark? We hadn't. Yeah, Denmark would have been a good answer. Right, so... I was going to say Denmark. Yeah, I was going to say, Matt, you've got to give me one then, if you can. Denmark. 
<laughs> yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. <laughs> Excuse me. I'll give you that. Right, then, you, you, to be fair, between you, you did well there, but you did miss some big countries and countries of Netherlands. Yeah. France, Holland. Holland, you missed. Spain, you missed. Oh. Um, France. Croatia. Oh. Uh, Austria, yeah. North Macedonia, Slovakia, and Turkey. Well, they're, they're a couple oh. of struggling. Yes, we've got Turkey and those big countries, yeah. yeah Austria, oh. Croatia, Holland, North Macedonia, Slovakia, Spain, and Turkey with the teams you missed. I still think. I, I don't know why I'm saying I should have got them. I had them all up my sleeve anyway. To be fair, you pulled Finland out of that sleeve, didn't you? <laughs> you did pull that one. <laughs> Well, so you got you got seventeen of the twenty-four between you. So I think that was a good effort. Respectable. Technically, you and could have could have gone a bit further had he realised that Portugal was taken. But that's the game, I'm afraid. So uh, all that time. It's a bit hard repeating it, yeah. Because you've got to remember everyone. That's a bit. Yeah. I like you. I like you. <laughs> After all that. David has beaten Goliath there. Yeah, uh, he has. So uh, anyway, well, thank you very much, Ewan, for <laughs> coming on your uh, cheers, Dad. Thank you. Time this season. Thanks as ever to you, uh, Matt. Uh, obviously, we'll be back again as we've referenced Thursday uh, Europa League first game in Europe of the season for the Foxes. You can follow all the action, of course, on LCFC TV's Match Day Live. So we'll see you then. Cheers, guys. See you later. Cheers, Ewan. Bye, thank boys. You, bye. bye.